Hello, my name is Louis Hadley and welcome to the Why Do We podcast, where we shed light on the history of life's indulgences and activities. Each episode, we will take one section of our daily lives that we take for granted in the modern day and expose the many histories that you may never have considered. This week, we are taking a look at the history of sport and activity. Joining me as ever, two experts of the everyday, Yorkshire's finest, Lewis Hitchcock. Hello, hello. Can't wait for this. And Charlie Cross. Right, boys, how are we doing? Very good, very good. We're excited for today. I think Absolutely. sport should be, it's a nice opener for us all. But it's been enjoyable taking a dive into, into the history of it. I feel like it's, never, it's not thought about much. It's so mainstream now. Not ancient, um, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Looking really far back. No origin stories. To kick it off, we're going to be starting looking at the origins and beginnings of sport. Where did it come from? Why do we do it? Why do we do it? Well, I had a look into this, and uh, I traced the origins. Where it, it goes all the way back, cavemen kind of back, you know, like Neanderthal. Since the Dawn Age, sport in a sense has been played, and that's because like its roots are from like hunters, and and warfare, and hunters in the sense of throwing like a javelin. Do you know that we have in the Olympics? You you throw a javelin at like a boar <laughs> 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 to 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 kill it and eat it. So like. Obviously, survival of the fittest and all that we all know about. Yeah. Darwin's theory. So only the best javelin throwers would survive. Yeah. It's a primal competitive spirit of who is the strongest and fastest, who will survive. I feel like it stems down to the fundamental human nature of, of ability and respect towards, towards those who are stronger and faster and better. I mean, uh, you can also touch on the uh, like competitiveness of it. Humans are quite a lot of humans are quite competitive, so you like to compete against one another. Mm. I mean, so. the, the the drive to outdo one another mm. in yeah. in any kind of sense, individually or as a team. That's I suppose that's why people took up farming. I think my ancestors definitely took up Checking. farming. Yeah, definitely because because they weren't as fast and they weren't as strong oh, as right. the others. So <laughs> so let me stay at home and contend for my cabbage. You can run around. <laughs> I'll grow, I'll grow weak and fat. I can see that um, in, in the way that people then almost worship those who are better at sport, better athletes. There's a kind of pedestal that we put them on oh, in our culture. Um, just, that's a brilliant um, segue, Louis, because the, the winners in Greece of like the first ever Olympics recorded would get a statue of themselves in, in Olympia. So that, that kind of image that, yeah. you're, that you're saying that they, yeah, they're amongst given. the gods. Yeah, they are amongst the gods, almost yeah. immortalised. What are the top 10 oldest sports ever recorded? Wrestling's got to be up there. You're spot on. Wrestling's sitting at number one. Number one. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back at you. Okay. In a sense. We're going for the javelin throwing. Does come in at number three. To give you a little bit about them both, wrestling's earliest evidence was like 15,000 years ago. You know, like cavemen painting on the walls, just beating each other up. Yeah. Just like yeah. rolling around on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I want that number two. Um, archery. Incorrect, unfortunately. Archery doesn't feature anywhere on the list. Enough of yeah. Louis Waffle. Boxing. Um, Boxing. Comes bang. Big one. Comes in at number five. Okay. Come on. E okay. E this, well, this was a great one. They had it during the Roman times, but it was different. It's not typical boxing. It's like they would bind your hands together with, like, leather, and you'd fight to the death. But but hands bound, so you've not got gloves on. You're just, yeah, you're almost jabbing each other in the in the eye. I don't know how you'd fight to the death with your hands that bound. That is brutal. I'm struggling for so ideas we've got, now. So we've got one, we've got three, and we've got five. I'm going to go something I think might be a bit lower down the list. Rowing. 
boat that's, sports. That's, that's two misses for Louis. Two misses. You have not is sunk he, my battleship. Yeah. Sword fighting. Fencing. Fencing. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, oh, another miss. You baited me in there. <laughs> <laughs> you reeled him. Reeled. Is there anything to do with horses on there? Yes. Two or so two like horse jumping. Horses. A question. A question. No, no. A question. No. Uh, Chariot racing. Horse riding sits at number 10. Okay, you said equestrian. Okay, you said like horse yeah, jumping. Yeah, yeah. I'm not giving you that. I'm surprised that's number 10, to be honest. Horse riding number uh, 10. Well, it was. it's pretty ancient, to be fair. comes from Egypt, Greece, Kazakhstan. They loved it. The Mongol Empire, obviously. Oh, yeah. That's a bit more recent. A bit more recent than I'm talking. We might have to get some, some answers coming through. It's a classic sports day one, this. You did it in primary. Shot put. No. Shot put. You did shot put in primary. <laughs> it was like the one where like your mates had look forward to it and like if you won it you were like Oh, oh so running sprinting. It's running. Yeah, of course yeah, it is, yeah. it's oh, running. You're the man. Yeah, how do we not get that? You were the man if you yeah. if you won yeah. that. So you've got one, you've got two and you've got three. You've got bronze, silver, um, gold, and you've got ten and five. Yeah, well, we're missing four, um, six, seven, eight, nine. Have we already said football? You haven't said football. Football. You want to say football? Yeah. Locking it in. Yeah, I'm locking it in. It's a hit. I have not missed. Seven. It comes in at seven. You know, dating back all the way to like the Mayans and the and the ancient Chinese, but obviously formally, like with rules, Sheffield United are like the oldest club, 1857, but goes all the way back to BC, 300, 200 BC of people kicking balls into goals. So that was seven. You're missing six, eight, and nine. God, gymnastics. Yeah, gymnastics used for military training initially, apparently. Oh, so we're missing eight and nine. I don't think you'll get eight, but nine. Played with sticks. Hockey. 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 Ah. Great one. I love it because in Athens, it's like this tablet of two like Greek guys playing hockey with like sticks with a ball in the middle. And it's like this thing that we've got from ages ago. And you can go and see it. and It's brilliant. What about polo? That's a great one. I didn't think you guys would get that one. Yes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that is authentic. <laughs> It, uh, it has really, really deep roots, but it was uh, developed by the Brits in India. Uh, it's the oldest sport uh, in India, and it's it's really regarded as a rich man's game. Number eight, I will give it to you. It's I- Ireland's national sport. Hurling. Hurling. I don't even know what hurling is, though. It's got really deep roots, all the way going to the BCs. As we're in England, I think it's only fair that we give football a little bit of time in the sun and have a have a deep dive into into its origins and where it came from. As we know, the football we know today, its origins can be found from China from uh, around 476 to 221 Mm -hmm. BC in the Han Dynasty. Um, And basically it was meant for military training purposes for fitness, where they basically, the goals weren't as they were today, they were more rounded. And yeah, it became an upper class and military sort of event for, for Chinese people in that time. And it continued to flourish through the Song Dynasty in around 1000 to 1279. So it's it kind of has its basis in Asia. In terms of class, you might have yeah. a little bit more to say about that, how That's, it was played like by the upper class. Yeah, so when you associate football today, everyone says it's the working class game whatnot. But yeah, in this in this era during, uh, in China, it was, it was called Kuju, I forgot to mention. And it was the popularity spread from the army to the royal courts and the upper classes. And it said that the Han Emperor Wu, Wu Di enjoyed the sport immensely. And he would play every week uh, in the Imperial Palace in, in Beijing. How do we think class has impacted sport over the years? Well, it's it's clear to see that certain sports are played and like more prominently by different people and different classes. Mm-hmm. So, for example, horse riding traditionally is always going to be yeah, I think a, we, like a 
a rich person's sport. Yeah, we touched on polo earlier, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. How? That's always going to be possible. Like, for example, Champagne. A good, a good old Yorkshire man like me has never ridden a horse, but I'm sure <laughs> Louis Hadley over here, of course he has. Little southern man. In have the you de- the horse? In the depths of Somerset, I have partaken in a little bit of horse riding. So yeah, so the the traditional posh sport, shall we say? I don't know if that's the right right term. There are no, there um, are certainly yeah, posh. There's, there's sports that you would play. Like my girlfriend, to bring her into this, uh, she loves horse riding, and like she says, she she only wasn't able to do it because she wasn't extremely wealthy. She says it's just such a locked gate in yeah. terms of that kind of thing. And, and that's mm. interesting to me as well. When you think of certain spots like F1, you are not. Get, there is very rare you're going to get into F1 if you're not a multi-millionaire. I think all sports. There is barriers to entry, yeah. and it just as a complete spectrum, all the different sports have those different barriers to entry. Yeah, I think horse riding is a great example of when there's obviously the barriers to entry of equipment and facilities, and then also the way it's been institutionalized, similar to cricket and rugby, the the places where those where people are vetted for those sports are public schools, royalty. They're all sponsored by those yeah. uh, areas. Yeah. And it's frustrating because they might not be the best yeah. at horse riding. But yeah. This is the thing as well. When you think about why is it hard to become pro in football, it's because four billion people play football around the world. Do you I, know what I mean? I think football's one of the one, ones without barriers. You know, you can be growing up in yeah. some sort of suburb of London yeah, yeah. And, and if you're good at football, you'll get recognised. The barrier is the popularity of it because there's so many people yeah. doing it. Yeah. Whereas if you want to go, there's people that have been in F1 that are, okay, you've got to be a decent driver to go in F1, but they're not great. And there is people that are far better drivers that won't get past F3 because they don't have the yeah. capacity to do that. Yeah. And I do think it's interesting though, within, especially within football as an example, the way that football became so mainstream and now is seen as the sport for the working class, it was through the wealth and those private institutions that formalised it and turned it into a competitive game. I think it was the it was competition between the private schools rugby and Eton that originally led to football and rugby diverting and the game played in Eton was known as the dribbling game and the game in rugby was known as the rushing game and that was where rugby and football split off and were born into those two things and I think it is those kind of institutions as much as we say it's got those grassroots of people which it was in that sport in the support for it a lot of the time those sports become intertwined to society from the top down. They become mainstream with the wealth of those people who are above. Yeah, it's interesting to see how it affects, like sports affect culture and whatnot as well. Because, for example, football, we're in the northeast. we see it every day. Every mm. weekend we see how a football club such as Newcastle can affect the whole city. And you can even feel, if you come, if you come into uni or through the middle of the city on a Monday, and they've lost on a Sunday. You can almost feel it in the air yeah. that yeah. Newcastle have lost. And, and Saturday nights, when they've won, oh my Unreal. word, so busy. <laughs> yeah, I've never Everybody's seen out. a city so busy. Yeah, for example, when we lost on the, that Saturday night a couple of weeks ago to Newcastle, I was getting absolute stick for hours off loads of jobs. Jack Fernandes basically ran home. Yeah. <laughs> right, so Lewis has prepared a list of some of the most obscure sports through history. And he's going to say the names, and me and Charlie are going to have to guess what that sport entails. Yeah, so this is more of a list of... Uh, I've just had fun with this. This is just funny, funny sports. More than Extinct, aren't they? Extinct Not played sports. anymore. Yeah. Extinct uh, sports. I can confirm these are no longer played, because some of these are a bit horrendous, to be honest. Okay. So, <laughs> starting off on that note, we will go for quite self-explanatory. I'll give you an easy one. Fox tossing. Well. I don't think we need much deliberating on that one. I think it's going to be tossing a fox. 
At what though? I reckon at other foxes. I think over something like a beanbag. Everyone loves throwing things over things. Okay, because then there's an element you lo- of competition. You lock it in. You lock it in. I'm, I'm going confident with that. Tossing a fox over something like yep. a beam or something. So lads, you're a bit off. You're a bit off. Fox tossing was a sport that was held on a closed patch of land where people threw foxes, live foxes. Bear in mind. Hence why it's bad now. And <laughs> live <How> foxes. They- <laughs> Just the logistics of that. So they've, they've got a live fox like right yeah. in a bag. They get it out of the bag without their hand being like mauled. Probably the like spot. tie the mouth up and yeah. tie the legs. That's how I do so, it. Yeah, so cruel. <laughs> so yeah, they'd fling them up and the highest would win. Whoever would throw the highest. The highest recorded was 7.5 metres. That's actually quite impressive. High, isn't it? Yeah. So obscure shot number two is Chesterley Street Football. Is it medieval? Yeah, Chesterley Street Football, it started in medieval times and it was okay. played up until 1932 when it was outlawed. I'm going to say it's like a no-rules football match with massive teams in a kind of village setting. You're cheating because that is near enough on point. Louis Hadley's coming, coming up yeah. clutch with the, oh, yeah. with the definitions. Essentially, Chesterley Street Football was, again, medieval, um, but it was unlimited teams. Like, you could have... Jesus. If you wanted to go up to Newcastle and recruit someone to come play this, you could bring them. I don't think it ever got that far, but... There was, was it just 90 minutes? Oh. No, no. So, basically, it was... There was these two teams down this very long street in Chesterley Street, these, and the ball would start in the slap middle between the two sides... And whichever side the ball ended up on, they would win. So it's almost you're protecting the ball. So you can probably tell it's going to be a bit of a... Surely it could be over in 10 minutes. Well, no, because whichever... There's a time limit. I'm going to tell you the time limit in a second. But whichever side the ball ended up on after that time would win. So it was played between 1pm and 6pm. So it was a five-hour brawl, basically. And whichever side the ball ended up on... I don't think you're supposed to use your hands, but... People probably just punch each shit. other. No referee. Exactly. It's just basically just a free-for-all, hence Rye. It says here, with increased violence around it, the sport, which was played for several centuries, was outlawed in 1932. Well done for that one, lads. You did very well. Who out of history would you bring to the game of Chester Street Football? I love I'm gonna, that. I'm going to have to have a think about that. That is lovely. Give me Genghis Khan off oh, the bat. Genghis. He's my striker. Yeah. He might be a bit murdery, though. There's no rules, mate. Yeah, Genghis true. lives by that. <laughs> yeah. Give me, um, oh. give me, give me Declan Rice. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rice, give me Rice, Alexander the Great, <laughs> who's equally as horrid as him. I think uh, Henry the Eighth is a contender, but like prime Henry, big, big belly. Oh, so you, want barrel, you want him in his Catherine of arrogant? Of, oh no, not arrogant. Years of royal. You want him in his like training. Catherine Howard? Yeah, yeah Catherine yeah, Parr, Catherine Howard kind of era. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, I think we're 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 realizing why Chesley Street. Isn't, there are some flaws in its rules. There, is no there are no rules. Exactly. It's just whoever, wherever the ball is. Like Stalin so. nuked it, it's over. Exactly. <laughs> Who's the real winner now? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I guess Stalin. So moving on to number three, it is more easier again. Um, cock throwing. So hit me, hit me, lads. What are we thinking? Nothing Nothing outrageous here. Gotta, right. Yeah. It's got to be, it's got to be throwing a cock. It's got to be... No, but like a rooster. Let's clear this. Yeah. Like like a rooster. I reckon I reckon a dead cock. No. Cock- maybe into a into some kind of hole, into a burrow. At someone. I'm liking these. I'm, you're a little bit cold. Mm. You're on. a little bit cold. It's cold. Are cock. you throwing things at the cock? Yes. At the rooster? Oh. Yes. Is it, oh, is it moving? Is it like a moving target? It is. It is tied. Oh, this is now Ooh. cruel. Yeah, this is cruel now. So, so the cock is tied to something, I imagine, like a post. And just... 
we're just nailing it with other cocks or right so the uh <laughs> sorry oh, come on let's come put we're not in year six come on it is participants use a rooster where they tie it to a post and people took turns throwing cock stick holes it's a special weighted stick until the rooster died absolutely wow. to the death <laughs> to the death so they just tied it to a post it's a one one time use game I think all of our guesses now should be to the death because it seems it seems a <laughs> common theme. loves it to the death. Yeah, yeah. So to make the game last longer, or if the bird had its legs broken, people would sometimes support the bird with sticks. So well done, lads. I think you've done pretty well there. You're on the right lines. I think between the three of fox, fox tossing, cock throwing, and Chester Street football, we've got an idea that uh, not all sports are as as lovely as they are today. They're lots of violence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of death. Right. Should we finish it off? With our best fact, our best fact of the week, and we'll we'll have a little vote. So we're gonna reel them off. Charlie, go for it. Okay. So we all know how there was like Colosseum fires, big time. They were big time back in the day in uh in Rome. There was this one called um Flemmer, brilliant fighter, really really good fighter. He was from Syria, and he was offered his freedom four times. He denied it four times. He no he denied it. Is yeah, he, a he was like a slave, <laughs> and after winning twenty one battles, continued to entertain crowds until he eventually died. What an absolute hero. He died like in the Colosseum. He, d- he, d- he, well, he, he lost his battle. He could have got out. Yeah, he lost. It's sad. It's like Arsene Wenger. You know, like, have your statue, be immortalised. Been there for 22 years and now it's... And, just, and he just dies. Ended badly. It's like, gosh, that's the end of Flender. I like that on. one. So, this is my number one silly fact of the week. Baseball umpires are required to wear black underwear. <laughs> that is silly. What, like... <laughs> they, ha- they have to wear black what underwear. What happens if they don't? They can't umpire. They can't. The reason behind this is that... The rule was established so that umpires would not be ashamed if their pants were ever to split. This is a requirement set up by the MLB group. So obviously it's it's, not, it's their pants. So if yeah, they're, they're always if, they're, if fair, their trousers they? ripped, they have to wear black underwear. Strange, strange thing. Like but that. I saw it. I saw it the other day. And I, I like that. that. I do like that. That's um, a little silly fact. Right. My fact. My fact of the week is it's another it's another silly sport. Um, in line with your with your mental with your mental sports. It is a sport I've found called eel pulling, and it is one of the m- silliest sports I've ever encountered. It was played in 19th century Netherlands, and it was essentially a soaped-up eel. If you didn't think eels were already slippery enough, they soaped up an eel and then played tug-of-war with it. That That's just, off it. That just sums up the Dutch. I just... Weird. I, I, <laughs> can't, I, I just can't that. even... It, the, where I fa- it didn't explain why they did this, it's just a, it's just a sport, and I guess it's kind of. Fair, like, I don't know why you Flemmer. hold on, and and it was a live eel yeah. as well. It wasn't right. a dead eel. Oh yeah, it does. What happened? Like, I guess it's like you don't have to let go of it, or and I think the eel dies. Yeah, like must it's probably it's gonna die. Part, surely, because it can't yeah. stretch. Like you let, know how a rope let's say there's like, like yeah. three humans on each I side. Of that's the why eel. it's took a walk because the eel can't stretch. So you yeah, pulling I, them over the yeah. line, aren't you? It is a that is a mental idea. Well, that's about all we've got time for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you to Lewis and to Charlie. You're welcome. And we will see you in the next episode. Cheerio!